On today, we're going to look at the life of Balaam. Balaam was a man described in the Old Testament that had an interesting experience of conversing with his donkey. And the angel of the Lord spoke to Balaam and told him that he was on a perverse path. And so on today, we're going to examine what is a perverse Christian. Make sure you stay tuned. You were listening to Good Treasure Podcast Show with your Bible teacher, Darius Good. He is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center and founder of Good Treasure Ministries. He is the author of the books, Unlocking Godly Wisdom, Fear of the Lord, David, Man of War, and the children's book series, The Adventures of Rai Rai. For more information, visit the website at dariusgood.com. For more information regarding the church, visit the church's website at bgc.family. And now, here's your Bible teacher, Darius Good. Thank you for joining us on today for another episode of the Good Treasure Podcast Show. On today, we're going to deal with the topic of perverse. But first, I want to encourage you to visit my website, DariusGood.com. DariusGood.com. I have quite a few books that are available. My newest book is entitled Fear of the Lord. And so we go through the concept of what the fear of the Lord is. As I've heard many teach that it's honor and reverencing God. But many of the explanations following that is not scriptural. And so I went through a lesson um, with my congregation and I've turned these lessons into this book where I go line by line through the scriptures and explain what Moses taught the nation of Israel, what it really meant to fear the Lord. And so pick up that book today. It's available by ebook and also in paperback. It's available on Amazon.com and also on BarnesandNobles.com. That's fear of the Lord. But on today, we want to look at the topic of a perverse Christian. This is episode six of the Good Treasure podcast show. We're going to use Balaam as our example today as we look at this concept of perverse. Interesting thing about Balaam is in the New Testament, there aren't too many examples of individuals that are named that we are to look at as an example of who not to be like. In the book of Peter and the book of Jude, um, both of those books mention Balaam by name. In other passages, they look at groups of people. So they talk about the rebellion of Korah. They talk about uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. They talk about the nation of Israel. But rarely do you find an individual and his, his story used as an example of who not to be like. Now, what's interesting, and I'm going to read these passages. There's three passages that name Balaam in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 15. It says, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozar, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Let's go to Jude chapter one, verse 11. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. So in that passage, we have three individuals named who have Cain, Balaam and Korah. 
In Revelations 2.14, we have another passage, but I have a few things against thee. This is Jesus giving a pronouncement of judgment over one of the seven churches in the book of Revelation. So this is what he lists. Jesus says, this is a few things that I have against this particular church. Because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. So now we have the term, the doctrine of Balaam. So it's interesting, Balaam, so that we understand, in the New Testament is described as being guilty of adultery. Guilty of adultery. The typical definition of adultery is basically infidelity or the um, um, unlawful sex with someone that is not your marital partner. But we know in the scriptures, Balaam did not commit any such act. So now we have to expand our definition of adultery. It must include whatever Balaam engaged in. And so we find these three separate passages, one written by Jude, one written by Peter. The book of Revelation was written by John. And they're all pointing to Balaam as an example of who not to follow. Let's go back to the passage here in Peter. It says that he forsook the right way. Now, as we've been going through our lessons When the Lord sends his word to us, God's word will reveal to us God's way, the way he wants to do things, the course of action, the steps necessary to obtain the promise. This is the way. And so God chose a way in which his son would come to the earth. He goes to Mary and says, I have a plan. This is the plan. And this is the way it's going to happen. She came into agreement with God's plan. And Jesus came to the earth because Mary not only agreed with God's word, but she also agreed in faith. So now there is a way that God reveals to us. How do we learn the way of God? Or let's use this term. How do we learn the will of God? Romans chapter 12, verse one explains, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse two, be not conformed to this world, but have uh, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. These two verses explain how to come into the understanding of God's will. Number one, I have to present my physical man to God, my body, as a living sacrifice. What does that mean? A sacrifice has no plans for tomorrow. I've placed myself in the hand of someone else. They make the decisions, they'll make the the, the plans. And so as I have given myself to the Lord or bowed my knee, I've surrendered myself to him, to the Lord Jesus Christ, then he's the one that will determine what my tomorrow looks like. He determines what my next year and the next 10 years of my life now looks like. 
but I've surrendered myself to him. That's a living sacrifice. The scripture also says I have to present myself holy. And the second part or third part is acceptable. That word acceptable means agreeable. And so I have to come into agreement with God's will or God's plan for my life. This is the very important that we understand this. My physical man has to come into agreement. So if the Lord says, my desire is that you move to another part of the country, another part of the world, then I have to come into agreement with that. This is not just a mental agreement, but my physical man presents your body. I have to do what the Lord has now asked of me. Verse two says, do not be conformed to this world. So do not rely on the systems of this world. Do not create your own plan, your own course, your own path. But God will reveal the way. He will reveal the steps. Some people take this scripture too far because they act like the world system is such a demonic system that we can't, we can't use any of these systems. But God's not going to create um, some foreign system to accomplish things. If I'm going to purchase a building, I would need to have a loan or at least the finances in order to secure the mortgage. God's not going to overcome a system, the system, the banking system necessary to own property. There's a, a way that is, or, or the laws of the land that requires us to do things a certain way. God is very much aware of that. And so the way becomes, God, how do we accomplish this? Now, he may say, do nothing. I'm going to have somebody come and give you the keys to the building. They'll give you the deed to the building. But these, that's the way. He might say, I want you to invest in this particular area so that way you could purchase the building. This is the ways of God that we're talking about. What way do you want me uh, or what steps do you want me to take? This is how we come into the, the, the place of obtaining promises made by God. My mind has to not be conformed to the world system, meaning I'm going to just use any system I believe would work. But I'm going to look to the Lord and I'm going to pray until he gives me direction. Show me the steps. Show me your way. Now, if you notice the end of verse two, it says that you may prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. That is the description of God's will. It is all three of these things at once. It is good. It's acceptable and it is perfect. That's the will of God. But you'll never come into understanding what God's will is until your mind has been renewed. So there has to be a renewing of the mind. How is my mind renewed? We say by the word of God, but let me explain, because a lot of explanations based on that statement is an error. People say your mind is renewed by reading the scriptures. That is a false falsehood. It's absolutely not true. Our minds are not renewed by reading books. If I read a book on how to be a millionaire, most people that have purchased those books still are not millionaires. Reading books does not change your mind. But what changes your mind is walking with someone. And so I won't take the time today, but this scripture, if you go through the, the exegesis on this particular scripture, 
If we look up these words in the Greek, we will come to that understanding of after being with. That's what it says. That's the definition. After being with. Who's that? Christ or God. I come into the understanding. And this is how it works in the natural. After I spent time with someone, my mind has been changed after the experience. You begin spending time with millionaires. I guarantee you, your mind will be opened. You'll see things differently than you had seen before. So it's the experience and not the word or the reading of text that brings about change. It's the experience of being with someone that produces a change in our thinking. So now God reveals his will only to those that have presented their bodies a living sacrifice and only to those that are willing to think like God says. We have to take on the mind of Christ. This is step one. This is step two. This is step three. I'm doing it the way the Lord said and not the way that I think I can accomplish whatever the God, whatever the Lord has revealed or whatever God has revealed. And so this is very important. Mary didn't kind of uh, try to come up with a way to get pregnant through the immaculate conception. She asked the Lord, how are we going to accomplish this? And he said to her, the power of the Holy Ghost will come upon you and you shall be with child. There are other times where things had to be done a certain way. The nation of Israel, take the blood, put it on the doorpost. This is the only way the angel will not come into your house and kill your firstborn. And we can see this throughout the scriptures. The Holy Spirit is coming on the day of Pentecost. But what do you have to do? You have to meet in the upper room. There were certain requirements. They were all seated. They were all in one place. They were all in one accord. That word one accord means like a symphony. That means the same uh, level of intensity in their prayers, same level of intensity in their worship. You don't have one laying on the floor and the other one's clapping. You don't have one singing while the other one is laying prostrate. Like the, the, all of it matters, the body language, the sitting together, not one standing, one deciding to walk around the room. They're not doing it the way the Lord said. And this is what causes when people say, why aren't we seeing a move of God? Why aren't we seeing miracles? Why aren't we seeing the healings? Because you have to do it the way the Lord says. You can't choose your own way. So this passage, Romans 12, 1, 2, you'll hear me mention this a lot. If you go through my teachings, I'm always pointing at this passage of scripture because you cannot come into a place of obedience. You can't come into the pathway that God has for you or a term we love to use is my purpose. What is my purpose? You'll never know what it is until you first submit your body and submit your mind to the Lord. So now, we're talking about pathways. That passage said that Balaam, this is in 2 Peter 2.15, he forsook the right way. The Lord came to him and said, this is the right way. We're going to take a look at it. But what did Balaam do? He forsook the right path, and then he went astray. So let's look at the path God revealed to Balaam. This is Numbers chapter 22, verse 5. It says that the king sent word or messengers to Balaam, the son of Beor, which is by the river of the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, 
There's a people came out from Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth and they abide over against me. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me, these people, for they are too mighty for me. Peradventure, I shall prevail that we may smite them and that I may drive them out of the land. For I wot that he whom thou blesseth is blessed and he whom thou curseth is cursed. So the king is saying, I know whoever you bless is blessed. Whoever you curse is cursed. That's why he needed him to come. So at verse seven, the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand. And they came unto Balaam and spake unto him the words of Balak. They're going to reward him for this service that he wants there that King Balak is asking him to perform. At verse eight, Balaam responds to the elders. He says, lodge here this night. I will bring you word again as the Lord shall speak unto me. And the princes of Moab abode with Balaam. God came to Balaam and said, what men are these with thee? Balaam said unto God, Balak, the king of Moab has sent unto me saying, behold, there is a people came out from Egypt, which covereth the face of the earth. Come now, curse them. Uh, peradventure I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. God said to Balaam, thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people for they are blessed. That's the entire conversation. So what is God's way? It's revealed in his will. The way is revealed in the will of God. And if there's no steps that are revealed when the Lord speaks, then there's nothing for you to do at this present time. I have learned sometime the Lord will come back later and now say, now do this. So let's look at this passage again of what the, of what the Lord says, what, what God says to Balaam, so we can understand what the will of God is and what is the way that Balaam was to follow. Verse 12, Numbers chapter 22, God said to Balaam, thou shalt not go with them. So this is the way. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to handle this? What way should I go? The Lord says, with this situation, you don't go. That's the way. And then he explains his will. Do not curse the people for they are blessed. So the will of God for Balaam was that he has no dealings with these individuals. He's not to go and he is not to curse them. What I find interesting with Christians, we read these passages and we say, I will do what the Lord said. If God came to me and said, don't go with these individuals, then I just wouldn't go. But what's interesting is, as I said, in the New Testament, Balaam is the one they keep pointing to, especially when they talk about the sin of adultery. Balaam is the one that is named connected with that sin. We don't associate adultery with the behavior and actions that we see Balaam now doing. But we, we have to understand in God's eyes, what Balaam did is adultery. Let's continue with the story. It says that Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes, get you unto your land for the Lord refuses to give me leave to go with you. The princes rose up. They returned to Balak, explained to him that Balaam had refused to come with them. So then at verse 15, Balak sent yet again princes more. So more princes 
more honorable than the ones he previously sent. They came to Balaam, and then Balaam, they said to him at verse 17, uh, for I will promote thee unto very great honor, and I will do whatever, uh, whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Come, therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people. In other words, name your price. Name your price. Whatever you say, that's what you'll get. So what does Balaam respond? At verse 18, if, he says, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord, my God, to do less or more. He should have stopped there. But at verse 19, he says, Now therefore I pray you, tarry ye also here this night, that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. So he goes back and asks God a second time if he should go. Verse 20, God's going to reveal his will and his way again. God came to Balaam at night and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee, that shalt thou do. Verse 21, Balaam rose up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. Balaam just disobeyed God. So let's go back and look at what God said. He said at verse 20, if the men come to call you, rise up and go with them. Verse 21 says, Balaam rose up in the morning and went with the princes. The men did not come back to call him in the morning. He did not follow the way or the plan of God. Why? Because Balaam wanted to go. Balaam wanted the riches. He wanted the gold, the silver, the honor. He wanted to name his own price. He liked the fact that he was rubbing shoulders with King Balak and rubbing shoulders with these princes of high renown. Now, we have an issue here where the heart of Balaam was not lining up with God's heart. What did we do? Presented our bodies and gave him our mind. But now we have a conflict of the mind. What is this called in the book of James? It's referred to as a double minded man. If your plan is to follow God's will, no matter what he says, no matter what he reveals, no matter what steps he say to take, I'll do that. No matter the consequence, I count the cost and, and so be it, Lord. If it means that I, uh, it ruins my reputation, I'm going to take a financial hit. Whatever that cost is, Lord, I'm willing to take it because I'd rather be obedient. But a double-minded man says, hmm, this is a great opportunity, though. And so now we have the conflict where verse 2 of Romans chapter 12 is no longer applied your mind is not conformed to the will of God is still conformed to this world system. So for the sake of time, I'm going to abbreviate the rest of this story. Balaam is now traveling to go meet with King Balak. His donkey then comes into this area and refuses to move forward because he sees an angel in the way on the path. Then the angel leaves they continue along their way, and then there's another point where the donkey then smashes Balaam's leg against the rocks. 
at which point he begins to strike the donkey and the mouth of the donkey opens up and he says to him, haven't I always obeyed you? Balaam is having a conversation with his donkey. So Numbers chapter 22, I'm reading from the NIV version at verse 30. The donkey said to Balaam, am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? And Balaam answered, no. At which point the Lord opens Balaam's eyes and he sees the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. He's in the path, the pathways. They bowed low and fell face down. Now the, the angel responds to him, and I'm going to read this out of the King James Version at verse 32. The angel says, wherefore hast thou smitten your donkey these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand you because your way is perverse before me. Your way is perverse. Your path. It's a perverse path. Perverse Christians are those that decide to do it their way. This is the definition of the word perverse. Corrupt, turned away from what is right or good. Showing a deliberate or obstinate desire to behave in a way that is unreasonable or unacceptable, often in spite of consequences. Deliberately behaving badly or improperly, despite knowing that your actions are likely to have bad consequences. The last definition is easily irritated or annoyed. There are two paths. The path the Lord lays for us, he will lead us in the paths of righteousness or there's a perverse path our path choose ye this day who you will serve will you do it your way or will you follow the lord do not be like balaam thank you for joining us until next time be blessed you have been listening to good treasure podcast show with your bible teacher darius good this was a good treasure ministries production darius is the senior pastor of bible gospel center and author of the books unlocking godly wisdom fear of the lord david man of war and the children's book series the adventures of rai rai to learn more about these books or to listen to other episodes of our podcast show visit our website today at dariusgood.com for more information regarding the church visit the church's website at bgc.family we pray that today's episode has brought revelation and enlightenment please like share and subscribe to our podcast show And until next time, may God open unto you his good treasure. Be blessed.